you have intro music to this thing? It's well, general we, culinary sounds. Do we think uh, we can get some grateful Dutch things? How about the other that, ones? Without being in violation of something? I mean, <laughs> take anything off archive.org. It's free for everybody. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to because that's a lot of work. No, no, it's easy. Okay. Just like do, uh, you know, the other one from 1968 and you'll be fine. I mean, truth be told, it took us it took us three months of calling it Birch and Butcher before it felt really good. I, and to the point we were, you know, the exercise we were doing is that a lot of times names felt bad after a couple days and it was easy to throw them out. Sometimes names like didn't conjure any emotion. And then you were like, do we continue is calling this good? Is this yeah. good? Is it bad? <laughs> I don't know. I, and then truth be told we were like 18 months into this whole exercise and then we said all right Burton butcher is what it is let's go that's a good one just to say naming a restaurant is not easy no no it's like it's it's, i mean probably i don't know like you can name a kid joe and then that kid grows up to be a joe hello and welcome to food crush the on milwaukee podcast for people who eat I am your co-host, as always, Matt Miller, culture editor from On Milwaukee, and I am joined, as always, by Lori Frederick, who I don't have names for this week. Yeah, no, names really are over. Flopping on my on my on my nicknames roster. Yeah, it's okay. I'll come up with some new ones with Summerfest coming up. Okay. Yeah. You, you work on that. Yeah, I'll be like, I don't know, the queen of the stage of the culinary scene. Lori, morning dew, Frederick. Ooh. That's nice. I like that Lori, one. Lori, the other one, Frederick. <laughs> I don't, who's the other one? Lori. This is the voice. This is Ramble on this Rose, is, Frederick. Yes. This is the voice this, of yes. Chef Miles Borgroff. We have a guest. Yes, from um, Birch and Butcher here in Milwaukee. And, um, and living out his radio fantasies yeah. today. We have invited him here to live out his radio fantasies. Yeah, we'll let you hear. We'll give you a free one right now. Go for it. Live and on air, 95.7 WRIT. This is Miles Borgraf coming to you with... You're the content editor. I need a song. <laughs> a pop song. It, what, what you're not seeing... Taylor Swift! <laughs> what, Sweet! What you're not seeing is Miles is doing one of the... He's doing the terrific uh, chocolate rain dip away from microphone to take, take breaths. Yes. You're a professional and I like it. Definitely. <coughs> oh no! Now he coughed. It, now we got to start the whole podcast. Millie Vanilli, <laughs> yeah. animated headphones, half off. But thank you for joining us yeah. for this unconventional food crush podcast. This is not going to really be is. our our, our usual is, one. This is a case of chefs talking about stuff they want to talk about. Important which stuff isn't always food. Important yeah. stuff that we want to talk about, in yeah. some way or another, potentially yeah. connected to food. It may no. come full circle by the time we're done talking here. And by important stuff, we mean the Grateful Dead. Exactly. So this is this is now a Grateful Dead podcast. The everybody. really important stuff. Yeah, Food Crush, the Grateful Dead podcast. Oh, I love it. Yes. Those of you those of you who have Grateful Dead. We're going to be talking a lot about media today media. in general because Miles before we started the podcast asked me, "Are you the same Matt Miller who writes the Bachelorette recaps?" Cuz I love the writing so much. Yeah, he's and and I said yes and his immediate sentence no hesitation all. was, "Oh, that sucks." Um, <laughs> but he does deserve a Pulitzer for it because uh quality writing is something else. But you are the guy who has to watch the Bachelor 
But I guess at least you're getting paid for it. Exactly. And I mean, trust me, I've sent that letter to the Pulitzer organization. Say, look at my writing here. This is gold. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Pulitzer, I would like you to know that I recapped The Bachelorette for a Milwaukee publication uh, for your consideration. And they wrote back to you and they said, your suffering is none of our... Yeah, None I mean, last week I watched concern. dudes, handsome dudes, get electrocuted right above the gonads uh, in the name of winning a woman's heart, which yeah. I don't feel like is the best use of television time. Yeah. But I also didn't. It was quite entertaining. Did that um, seem like that seemed like it just happened? That, I'll be honest. Last week, last week was Memorial Day week, and it was a very weird week because it was only a four day work week. Yet it felt like a 17-day work week. Yes. Because you had to watch The Bachelor into, for work? <laughs> well, that's every days. week now. Yep. Yeah, but uh, it, it was just a very odd week last week. And we keep saying last week. I have no idea when this podcast is going to I don't even people. know what day it is today. It's Monday. Okay. Today is Monday. The third. That's all, that's all you need We're to in know. June, everybody. We're almost halfway through this year. Ah, the 40-degree temperature really, really, <laughs> really throws uh, you off. Yeah. Really uh, not quite feeling it. It's in the it. 60s today, Miles. I mean, not last night. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday was, yesterday was a very confusing day. I had my heater on. But yeah, besides all this, you guys, right? Right. It's about the wall of sound. So yes. is that is, yeah? Is that the the nickname? I don't know. This no, that's not. Re- the... This is going to be a real education for me and Lori because frankly, we are not deadheads. Yeah. So no. I mean, we can start. And, and the interesting thing for me is you are young. Yeah, so I've never seen the Grateful Dead in live in. Con- I've never. Wait, seen hold on. How old are you? I'm thirty. 30- Four years okay, old. Okay, I was about to be really scared that oh, he was, was younger than say, me. See, I, turned, I, I was going to walk out of this podcast. I turned 35 uh, this year. But no, I've never seen The Grateful Dead live in But like in so many concert. of us, I mean, you have to be of a certain age to really have been alive and old enough to have followed Don't be the ages, Grateful Lori. Dead. No, like, a, like a, to be a deadhead and to have followed them and to have kind of witnessed, I guess, the epiphany in California. Like, you have to be older than know, me, that's for yeah, sure. You, but like, you have to be slightly older. At the same older. time, I mean, it's to, never been be easier. Fan. It's never been easier to basically catch up on a lot of that stuff. No. And to look through the history and that's, find the documentaries. And oh, surely. I mean, and, and being a fan and being a deadhead now, I think that's that's a different... There's a different um, mechanism it's, by which you I mean, it's the best it. part. And I guess this, yeah. is, this is for you, Matt, is... Is just how much media has been able to bring this content to us, and and that is uh, pretty darn cool for people like I, who was um, nine years old when the Grateful Dead disbanded you know, in their right, current right. Uh, itineration or version. And, or, and where did where did your interest bubble up? So I don't know, but I will tell you this: when I was in middle school, I had a good friend who had Grateful Dead T-shirts, and uh, she was like, "I like the Grateful Dead," and I was like. That's old people music. Um, <laughs> why would you like that music? And uh, gosh darn. That's I'm how it happened. I'm embarrassed to this day for that statement I made when I was 12 years old. <laughs> that that's like, old people music? I think back yeah. to that and I go, oh my gosh. You email I email that friend every week I and was, you're just like, I am so sorry. No, I need to find her again. We haven't been together in 20 years. I haven't seen her since I was 12 years old. But Oh my gosh! I think about that embarrassing moment. And uh, what if you like run into her? And I'm going to apologize. But but like you run into her and she's like, yeah. After you told that to me, it really I, hurt I, it me. Really... And I put away all my Grateful Dead stuff. Well, and, or, and now or I after just that, exclusively I just, I listen to turn. Taylor Swift and well, Megan Trainer. Just for that, I guess, because that was my moment where I was like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed for what I said. I have to uh, 
consume as much of this content as I possibly can to make up for those terrible words I spoke when I was 12 years old. <laughs> this is like your, your, not punishment per se, but it's kind of like your atonement. I am still atoning to this day for those comments I made. This is some self musical self-flagellation. It's, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's a lot of self-something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what was like the first album or first bunch of songs of Grateful Dead that really spoke to I you? I mean, I feel like most people who were 12 years old at the time... Uh, it was St. Stephen, or it was everything off of the Skeletons for the Closet Greatest Hits. And I think that's our foot in the door, because it is uh, studio recordings or really, really clean live recordings, and uh, very poppy, poppy, so to speak, Rebel Dad music, uh, if there's such thing. And uh, it's just a great intro for 12-year-olds or uh, people like me who yeah. just uh, don't know any better. So I think that's it, because it's it's a really good way for everyone to enjoy the music, whether or not you love the Grateful Dead or you have no idea who they are, because it's quality music. Now, do you like other oldies? Like, do you like like the Rolling Stones, Beatles? Yeah, somewhat, somewhat, but fish. Ish, yeah, I like. I like. So I was gonna no. say because there's really your ish on fish, and, yeah, and, and ish ish on fish. Well, well it's still great. because fish is like it's the, a very good band. the closest yeah. that we have. Yes. to a well, band that has a following like the Grateful Dead. Yes, yes, and uh, and I don't think it is quite at the at the level. And I think, maybe they'll get know, to people that. People have written about this. Maybe they'll yeah. get to that level too. I no, the Grateful Dead were. I mean, 50 years, right? Like, 5-0. Um, they got a Ben & Jerry's flavor named after them. Uh, they're I mean, all, on, those guys are all 80 years old and still playing in versions of the band. So, right. I, you know. Except for Jerry. Exactly. For, I should, I should well, and a bunch of other keyboardists. Well, important and correction. I was going to say, uh, and all the people who have swapped in yeah. and out. This is an important yeah. correction. There is a, also a Ben & Jerry's flavor named after fish as fish well. Food. My apologies. Uh, yeah. Fish food. It's, it's, it's poor, poor context on my part. I, I mean, apologize now to fish. you know, right? So. Now, now we know. Yeah, but fish, I, you know that. Back to uh, Ben and Jerry's, like those dudes. <laughs> uh, those dudes uh, are pretty darn big Grateful Dead fans and Fish fans, and that's the whole idea with their naming of their flavors. Or well, and on the topic of people in the culinary world naming things after Grateful Dead, you were thinking about naming a restaurant an eatery after Grateful Dead. I correct? think the restaurant was right? so close to being the, named. The so so succinctly named Birch and Butcher. Birch and Butcher was so close to being named Althea. Like, yes. it was on the paperwork everywhere and everywhere. For those who don't know, what is Althea? Althea is uh, off of uh, 80s Grateful Dead album In the Dark, and it is outstanding in one of my all times. And, and, and why? It's an amazing song. <laughs> It's an amazing song. That's it is, why. It is annoying when people, miles when people you? ask yeah. you like what your favorite song is, and you're like, "Oh God!" It's like asking me to describe my favorite like breath. So like, it's just like it's just something that I need. Yeah, conversation like we could, exactly. It's something that we need. And and back to why I wanted to name it Althea was it was the most inconspicuous Grateful Dead name I could think of. I, well, I love the name and I love the f- song. It was a very inconspicuous name. So I could say it is named after the Grateful Dead, but it wasn't something. It wasn't immediately it was, jumping yeah, off the it, wall. It like wasn't that. like Friend of the yeah. Devil restaurant yeah. or something or like that. Or wouldn't scare people off who aren't Grateful Dead fans who'd be like, oh, wow, yeah. do I have to like go in there and like name my favorite five songs yeah, to it, get a plate of food? Well, do you? A, a, free, a free plate of food. Ooh. That's the best compliment I can get. This is a hack. Like, this is a dining hack yeah, right here. Yeah, it's a dining hack. And I will, yeah, so we'll just leave it to this. How many restaurants, as we speak right now, are playing Miles Davis? 300, 350, across the world, right? I mean, there's some like foreign restaurants that are playing Miles Davis right now. Yeah, it's it's soothing eatery music. Very good restaurant music. Uh, But then how many, I mean, 
I said to this guy the other day, and we were playing the Cornell 77 show, which is a pretty infamous Grateful Dead show, or a pretty famous Grateful Dead show, I should say. Um, and we were playing that entire set during the dinner hour. And some guy comes up and he goes, is this 78? I said, no, 77, but I'll buy you a drink. And uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know. It's pretty incredible. Like I said, nobody says, oh, my gosh, are you playing Miles Davis? Great choice of music. But when they come up and say, is this something from 69? I go, yeah, absolutely, bud. Right. <laughs> right. And then we become best friends. See, yes. this is why you listen to Food Crush, everybody, for the, for the unknown dining hacks. I'm just saying. It will get you kind of far in Burton Butcher if you compliment the eclecticness of the music <laughs> we're playing. Yes, yes, if you happen to pick out. So how close right. did it? get to being named Althea. You said it was very cool. I mean, it was, it was like we... I want to say like our permitting process has Althea all over the title. Um, <laughs> so what happened when we decided we were going to name it Althea? Basically, there was a decision that was made, and we said we are going to name Althea. And just a little bit of... And Rebecca agreed to yes, this. And a little Rebecca bit of being my Miles wife White. and my co-owner at Virgin yes, Butcher. Yes, and co-owner. So what we would do is like we'd name the restaurant something bad and we'd call it that name we'd call it that name for three straight days and as soon as that see how it feels exactly and as soon as it turned sour we'd get rid of it and move on to the next one and uh, Althea didn't didn't sour it didn't stale so we liked that one um, and what we did is we put it on the permitting process did all that and then Rebecca and you know people smarter than I you know tried to talk me out of pigeonholing our name into such a specific reference and uh, I heeded to their advice because I thought it was uh, good. And uh, we changed the name to Virgin Butcher. But my consolation was the name of our business is the other one, LLC. And uh, specifically, uh, I think it's from June in 68 for sure. The other one, I'm listening to that version. And like that's half of all the creativity for the restaurant came to me in the middle of that song listening to it over and over again basically that set over and over again and uh i don't know i still am inspired when i hear music like that and i'm still inspired when i hear that song on the regular so and the thing about althea is you could say that name you could call your restaurant that and it doesn't like you've said it doesn't sound that pigeonholed as grateful dead it, it, it sounds like, people who didn't know you would never that know. was a grateful you would dead just song. think it was like one of those pretentious yeah. restaurant words yeah and or, you'd be or, like or, oh, or it, or well, it is the greek word for dinner <laughs> well the truth is i thought the the logic that really backed me out of naming the restaurant althea was i thought that there is too many restaurant names too many restaurant names beginning with an a that are Feminine words, uh, if, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. so my thought was, I mean, well, these kind of Greek sounding like basically mythical Greek Greek words that end with a vowel is, yeah. uh, you know, every restaurant wants to name, you know, yeah. So it sounds streamlined. It sounds uh, like a cruise ship. Yes, and that's the reason that got me off of Elthea, or the way they were able to talk me out <laughs> of naming it that. And I, I still feel that to this day. That yeah, it's it's a little generic. It's you know, there's so many restaurants that begin with the letter A. That are feminine words. and uh, So how did you land on Birch and Butcher then? How was that the number two? That was an accident, to be honest. So back to the point of us calling the restaurant bad names for three days until, <laughs> until they stale. Um, Birch and Butcher was one of them. And, and what we would do is, you know, early in the naming process, like folks like you guys or friends of ours, we'd say, all right, shoot some names. And everyone would shoot names. And we'd take every name into account, call it that for three days. And it took us two years to build a restaurant. Yeah, like, so how does this feel? There was yeah, two years. Lots of names. Yes. Two years around. of this in the process. Um, 
So Birch and Butcher came about from Rebecca's sister in New York City, and she was hanging out with a group of her friends saying, oh, my sister and her husband are opening a restaurant in Milwaukee. They want naming ideas. So they were shooting off the hip, all these different ideas. And the, the specific question was, you know, what kind of wood? Or, ah, I'm trying to think what they were asking. What kind of wood do you use? And, and they were asking about burning, and I was talking about construction. So I said, birch wood. And uh, they thought I was burning it. I thought I was, you know, it was construction. And the way it worked out is they came up with his name, Birch and Butcher. And we called it it for three days and liked it. Actually, it was the only name we probably liked better after those three days than anything else. It, it, so it totally grew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then at some point, whether it's Althea, Birch and Butcher or whatever. Yeah. And for people who don't know, this is an open hearth. Yes. Fired. Yes. You know, hearth fired. So food. burning wood yeah, and butchering so burning the meat wood. is all everything we do on a regular basis. But you would not burn birch. In no, your, I mean, in your we, heart but no, because we, we could if we wanted to, but it's just not but as it's hard. Really, really sappy. We want, we want. I mean, whatever. As far as burning wood, <laughs> we want as hard wood as we possibly can get. Uh, so you know, white oak worked out pretty well for us in terms of uh, white oak and fruit, fruit and nut tree wood is uh, pretty much what we burn on the reg. But they thought we were talking about burning birch wood, and uh, they know we do all the butchering there, so that was the name. And and by day three, we liked it better. Day four, even better. Day five, and so on. What and it's, oh, and it's on trend because there's lots of restaurant names that are something and something. Well, we days. definitely didn't use an ampersand so. intentionally. So, yes, uh, it's got a little plus on it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, right. absolutely. I, I hope you know that when, when – and this is a general announcement for all restaurateurs and chefs. Name it after the Grateful Dead? Uh, name oh, no, yeah, no. No, no, it's not that specific. Okay. But uh, – you you drive our our style book and our our editing process nuts when for instance uh when places name their restaurants all lowercase don't stop doing that we have to make it uppercase I mean, otherwise those people can't read the thing, can't read your article right i mean this is a podcast so we're not uh, the fec or whatever the heck limits you guys ain't going to do it to us but i mean autocorrect it was, it was bitch and butcher for yeah. four months until all of our computers yes. and phones was able to learn. And then you guys probably you don't type birch and butcher into your cell phone I, every it, other it, day. It autocorrected. Yeah, yes, yeah. So that yeah, for... a lot of uh, you know mm-hmm. derogatory uh, and butchers were out there. <laughs> yes, early yes. on, but uh, but that may, yeah. And, that's, and that's to all of you who have have small lowercase names, I want you to know that I write the article. With the lowercase letters. And then I correct <laughs> in, it. In honor I, you of your decision it. to do that. And then they all get to, and, and if I... I mean, like around. pluses instead of ampersands, I can work with that. But like no. that, that's that's like a stylistic choice that I can still read as a normal view, or reader. But sometimes I'll read restaurant names and the sentence starts with a lowercase letter. And I just read through it. And I'm just like, capitalize the name of your restaurant. So we okay. need a... I mean, then that means we need a like literary person or professional here because, I mean, wouldn't it still be capitalized? But that's the that's the thing with with all these style things is all the all the like Twitter is technically lowercase if you go by what the logo says, and Facebook is technically uh, uncapitalized if you it's go true. by the logo. But you have to capitalize it because that's how people read proper. It's a nouns. proper noun. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. right. So right. like, if if you don't capitalize, I think the only ones that get away with that. Are like iPod and iTunes, and that's just because lowercase i. We've been and that's just because those are such well, they're such monolithic properties. eBay, I think eBay got away with that too. I I still think that's 
All right. I guess we'll start selling Birch and Butcher with a lowercase b then. And, the more uh, money you have, I guess you're the right. lower, right. upper case, lowercase, uppercase, please. Yeah. For me, <laughs> don't hurt my brain. Uh, but I'd like to know what were some of the other kind of names you were talking about how some of the you test them out were, were there any that stuck out from that kind of testing process oh my gosh particularly bad or particularly good that stuck out no i don't know they're all bad they were all <laughs> bad everyone was bad i i no so you didn't like you didn't like any of them no or, or rebecca didn't like one it, it, that it, just i mean truth be told it took us it took us three months of calling it Birch and Butcher before it felt really good. I, and to the point we were, you know, the exercise we were doing is that a lot of times names felt bad after a couple of days and it was easy to throw them out. Sometimes names like didn't conjure any emotion. And then you were like, do we continue? Is calling? this good? Is, this yeah. good? is it bad? <laughs> I don't know. I, and then truth be told, we were like 18 months into this whole exercise. And then we said, all right, Birch and Butcher is what it is. Let's go. You know? is, That's a good one. Which is to say naming a restaurant is not easy. No, no. It's like, it's it's, I mean, probably, I don't know. Like you can name a kid Joe and then that well, kid grows up to be a Joe. Like, well, so, so you tell know? me about this because you guys also recently had a child uh, and his kid. name is Jack. Yeah. And was it as hard to name Jack? As it was to name the No, restaurant. Jack, not at all. Jack <laughs> Jack was going to be named Jack for 20 years, no matter what. No matter what. Uh, so that was that, like, was this the little... It was, like, a, sh- it was a shoo-in. It was... Uh, if it was a girl, would it have been Jacqueline? Do you have the no, list of names? No, sit down. no. I don't, I don't think it would have been Jacqueline. And that's what I thought, because Rebecca... I mean, she had it in her mind, she, you know, since she was a little girl, she goes, M- you know, my first child name is going to be Jack. You know so, why? Because little girls sit around and, and name, develop lists of names for their children. And plan things like and that. And plan things like yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. so I was all, I said, okay, cool. Like, I, I like the name, you know, he's definitely going to be a Jack and uh, all's well. Um, but that was my question to her early <laughs> on was like, okay, so it's like Jackie, Jacqueline. And she's like, no. If, it, <laughs> if it's a girl's name, we got to start from scratch. So... Uh, luckily, he was a boy. The and girl's name could have been Althea. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I know. So, so I wonder, yeah. yeah. People probably still do that. You should ask your girlfriend, Matt, what, if, her, if, what her baby names were. I, don't know. I mean, are. I don't know if I want to have that conversation. Uh, that's the truth, right? It's, once you do, it's... Uh, I feel like maybe... Feel like, I never had children, but I, I still have at least one girl name and one mm-hmm. boy name. And I feel like I've had that conversation in past relationships... And then they all broke up. And then, and then that was the end of that. <laughs> so. But yeah, it's, it's, it's always stressful. I, I gotta, like Lori was saying, I got to imagine that's really stressful to be like, this is going to be my restaurant. It is going to be my name. This is going to be the imprint I will be putting on the city. Yep. And if I name and it wrong. And if all wrong, goes well for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, hopefully this, people know this name for years to come, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, what is going to carry legs five years from now? Or what is going to sound cliche in seven years from now and oh that's super hard absolutely super hard and at a certain point it's a leap of faith because what are you gonna do yeah you know you just have to make a decision cross your fingers and eventually yeah at some point you have to open the restaurant with a name exactly can't just put a question mark on the top exactly though that would be quite a that'd be a power move well there was one in milwaukee you know used to be club anything and i don't even know if it was called club anything it just had a question mark just had a question and uh, i did not know we all called it club anything i think that was the name um, I think that was technically the name, but it wasn't really posted anywhere. And then full circle, that was Rebecca and I's first date in a very weird kind of way. Club anything in Lacage. 
Oh. Which which really only seems significant now that we're talking about names. Well, <laughs> yeah, interesting. And right. uh, if you know both of us, neither of those seem significant. Like <laughs> that's the whole irony of if you know either of us, like what the heck were they doing at Club Anything and Lacage? And Lacage, yeah. yeah, that does seem like an Club Anything place. reminds me. I had heard a rumor from a coworker that the Applebee's at Grand Avenue turned into a nightclub Ooh. called Club Bees. Sounds pretty legit. I feel like he may have just been making fun of me, <laughs> but it also seems like something that could have existed. Or there's a oh, I was gonna say existing now, and there's a sweet underground club that none of us are privy to. Right? Like what there's if there's no Applebee's this, there now? I know so. that's the bummer. Part. So we no, we'll no never chance know. of checking it out. For all we know, well, Club B's was this great. We'll take caller number seven, like, and see what they think. That's right? for me. <laughs> <laughs> caller number seven next on air. Get two right. free tickets right. to. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's too good of a prize for uh, whatever. Taylor Swift is getting a lot, an awful Wh- lot out of it. Whatever radio stuff. station I'm working for is, I think we're giving away like, uh, you know, free tickets to club anything or something like that. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. I don't think Taylor Swift's coming here. So free didn't... tickets to places you can no longer go. <laughs> We've spent too much time talking about food for a food podcast. Let's go back to Grateful yeah, Dead. Yeah, for sure. I don't... <laughs> yeah, this is a Grateful Dead podcast, you guys. I'm basically just to say, like, build a wall of sound and uh, listen to it. And... Yeah, this is Dead Crush. Yeah, this is Dead Crush. Oh my gosh! What's okay? So didn't Grateful Dead do like a big like the wall the wall of sound? They did the the concert series didn't uh, like a year or two ago in Chicago. Oh yeah, that's cool. But yeah, did you get to make it to that? Or did did you have? Oh, you did. I did. I did. I did. It was awesome. You said you never see them alive. I mean, it's you know, yeah, but. Incarnations of the Gravel Dead I've seen multiple yeah. times It's like oh, yeah. Jerry Garcia front running The Gravel Dead I've never You've seen You've never seen yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, It'd be like seeing right. like Queen today It's like you're not seeing Queen You're basically seeing a cover band Exactly do you, do you Sorry recall? Adam Lambert Yep Oh gosh darn Adam Lambert is That sounds God off subject But if you YouTube Guy who sings like Freddie Mercury It's so Gosh you have a computer right now and does it, but does it, it look... Oh, boy. Whoever, that guy, YouTube guy who sings like Freddie Mercury, and that guy should be the lead singer of Queen. Off subject. That's the third most... Uh, agree with you. If you Google guy who sings like, yeah. it is Frank Sinatra, it is Michael Jackson, and then the third one There's down is... And out of sheer entertainment value, do guy who sings like... Eddie Vedder, that's a great one too. Weirdly enough, the fourth one is guy who sings like a girl, which I feel like is is gonna get you a lot of. I results. feel like this tells you a lot about how to name your YouTube videos. Is the name Martell? Uh, that's the guy's name who sings like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah. It's it's annoying to me. I this is <laughs> this this whole podcast is just tangents on tangents. And I, I told it. you guys. Uh, I saw the Elton John biopic this week rocket man oh yeah and it's very it? annoying to me that bohemian rhapsody got nominated for best picture when rocket man is 20 times the movie really bohemian rhapsody is bohemian rhapsody is not a good film it is a fun movie but it is trash all right and robbie Malik won best actor for putting big dentures in and for lip syncing pretty well to actual queen music i thought i robot was well, pretty bad too to be honest that, with yeah. you. i robot the will smith movie no whatever that movie that or that television show that that guy did before or Oh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Yeah. I thought that was quite a leap to go from like that 2004 action movie with Will Smith I, Robot. You said Rocket Man, and his brain immediately went to Robot. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, because Mr. That's Robot was it? Right. That was Mr. his show. Robot. Yeah, the the lead guy oh, from Bohemian yes. Rhapsody, Rami yes, Malek. Yes. He was on. He was on Mr. Mr. Robot, Mr. which Robot. I guess is going to like have a season finale Christmas special. Unfortunately, which feels like the weirdest ending for that show possible. 
It's like a show about hacking and computers, and it's dark and edgy, and they're going to end on a Christmas special. It might be a good thing, actually. I That's... tried to watch. <laughs> what if it's Robot? like a really campy '80s Christmas no. special? I feel like it's... then it brought the series brought itself back. Then I feel it... like uh, they were like in the dregs, like hacking yeah. things that don't need to be hacked, and the come full circle do a Christmas Just special. Rami Malek in a live studio audience being like, "Hey, everybody!" That's what I'm hoping for. No, a, no, no, who's that at the door? A sweater and a Michael Bublé <laughs> appearance is like complete. Christian Slater, what are you yes, doing here? Yes. You you're just a figment of my imagination. Exactly. This is crazy. Anyways, music from The Temptations. That's what I'm liking. That's what I'm thinking. So, you guys, this, yeah, we're tangentful and uh, The Grateful Dead. I don't even know where to begin. Basically. Yeah, how was that show? The, uh, the, the show was very good. The kind of like final run. That yeah, the show was very good. I don't, they're still doing it now. So, you know, there's a, I don't know, they sell stadiums, you know. It's how, kind of, do you, how do you think? It's a, it's a little bit of a cash grab, but it's also like, you know, they're all 80. So, cash grab or not. You probably got to go sure. see it, right? Is, so, it, is it tough to be a fan of a band that you will know you'll never see at their peak? Yeah, definitely. I mean, with that in mind. But so, you know, there's two other bands. You know, Joe, Joe Russo, Almost Dead. Joe Russo's Almost Dead and Dark Star Orchestra. Um, both of those bands are so good. I, so good. And as far as my money being spent right now, I like to go see those bands as often as I can because... Dark Star Orchestra is taking a carbon copy of a Grateful Dead show from a day and a year and replicating it. And Joe Russo, who's almost dead, is taking, you know, amazing musical creativity and amazing uh, music in general. And they are putting their twist and their thumbprint on the music of the Grateful Dead. So as far as getting that experience, I think both of them are exactly, I don't know, me as a fan, both of them are exactly what I want. I want to know what it sounded like in 1973, April 20th, or what have you. April 20th. Uh, (laughs) So I want to know what that show sounded like, but then I also want to know, you know, what kind of unique, cool, creative twist that, you know, these guys from Joe Russo's Almost Dead is able to put on the same music. And it really, as far as like being able to see live music right now, it just hits on all that for me. And I had to go to Chicago three years ago or four years ago, whenever it was now, and you know a few other times since then to go see the other incarnations of the band. But it's a lot of money, and you're going to see them at a stadium where you're spending a lot of money. So, bang for my buck, Joe Bruce is almost dead, and Dark Star no, Orchestra. No, maybe this yeah. is no, maybe this is a, a complete noob question. I mean, because I'm familiar with the Grateful Dead and I'm familiar with their music, though. Kind of accidentally. I mean, I'm familiar because they got some radio play, Mm -hmm. and I've known people who are fans. You know, everyone knows like trucking and friend of the devil and what have you, right? Um, But I keep I keep wondering, you know, like losing Jerry Garcia, for instance. You know, all the incarnations of this band. You know, very few bands actually can swap people out. Yeah, that's the that's crazy. I mean, can swap people out in a fashion for such a length of time and still maintain their base their soul yeah i mean and i remember the day that jerry garcia died um i was in college at the time and um well and then it was just like the world blew up it was bizarre like people who didn't care about the grateful dead suddenly cared and you know i don't know i happened to be friends with 
Um, I was dating an older guy at the time, slightly older than me. Uma. And um, he had a friend who had been kind of in the military. And so he, he'd gone to the, into the military and then gone back to school. So he was also kind of older. And he had been a deadhead. I mean, I think he took some time off and he had actually like followed the band and gone to see all the concerts. Just hearing about that makes me a little envious. Um, and so it was interesting. So I knew people who that hit really hard, kind of personally. Um, and I ended up, that was the year, this is my one authentic grateful death story, <laughs> is I did a bunch of research. You know, I got a hold of as many pictures of Jerry Garcia as I could. Um, there was a great spread in Time Magazine at the time, I think it was. And um, got a hold of all these like magazines and photos. And I actually dressed up as Jerry Garcia for Halloween. Wow. Because this was like, I think he passed away. It, it had been a little bit, but... It was still pretty fresh yeah. by that's Halloween. A, that's like when I dressed up as Billy Mays and for Halloween. Nice. Yeah. You know, right after and he I died. had on a pair of like, I don't know, olive Little drab, tasteless. like slap chop gun. That's the guy. Someone's got to be jeans, black t-shirt. I like And that. I went through the whole effort of, you know, I mean, I had a, the, the whole beard. Like a per- perm. I mean, it was like 94. <laughs> so well, sure, my yeah. hair, I was going to say, I had kind of shoulder yeah. length hair, so I dyed it grayish. Yeah. And like teased it and yeah. curled it and. It, it was enough to um, f- freak out the friend. His name was Burf. Showed up. I didn't say a word because I knew vocalizing yep. was going to give <laughs> everything away. Um, walked into the party and he just about like fell to the ground. That's just, impressive. That's right. a good you know, costume. Yeah. I felt, you know, I mean, I taped my chest. I, I, I went through great pains for this because I thought this is the perfect costume I for think, this year right i think everybody has a little bit of deadhead in them and i think i mean you know some more than others but i think you know like you said is is you know when he passed away you know all of a sudden you started hearing you know stories and people coming out of the woodwork and this and that and i feel like i learned more about the grateful dead when jerry garcia passed I mean, isn't, that I bummer, isn't that a bummer isn't that, that a bummer that whenever such a bummer we, fi- we find out about these great stories and these like lovely like i feel like luke perry died earlier this year and for the longest time luke perry was just like the guy from 90s soap operas and stuff and everyone like he was on riverdale and everyone had moved on but as soon as he died like all these incredible stories come out about Luke Perry just being like the nicest guy on earth. And it's just like it's just like when Prince died. We like, need to and lay out Prince I mean, and David Bowie. It's yep. just like why celebrate them in, why in don't life? We, yeah, why in don't mode, we, or in mortem then? Yeah, why don't right. we celebrate these people while they're alive to hear it? Yep. As opposed you know to why? You know, because I think some of the best people are very humble people. You know, like in Prince's yeah. case, and in um, yeah, like for Prince and David Bowie. I mean. Not that David Bowie wasn't out there, but some of the things that they did that they were not famous for were the most touching. Well, and they were not about that. They weren't about like, oh, look how good I am. Think about you guys in, as, awesome as, as writers, as, me, as media journalists, when you know David Bowie does something, you guys are going to say, David Bowie, you're going to write about a big mega concert right. he's doing, not like, yeah. you know, not he helps somebody. Well, and, and David Bowie gives $50 million to charity on the side. Doesn't well, and, quite well, have also, the same ring That's to not it. the same yeah. article as yeah, like, yeah. you know, look how eclectic he is. Like, you know, like, or look, he got this really whack ball pair of shoes. And exactly. Well, and David Bowie and, and Prince 
for the most part, stayed out of the streaming stuff because they wanted to maintain their music. They wanted to have it be the best it could be and all this stuff. Yeah. And and as a result, I think they kind of fell out of the conversation and Prince was kind of like a guy who was around. If it wasn't for the Super Bowl halftime show, well, that which is one of the all-time great Super Bowl halftime shows, it's incredible. But it, it, if it wasn't for that, I feel like there's an entire... Uh, generation, or at least a, a few, a few uh, groups who of people who really by don't really, yeah, they really want to know who he knowledge. is, other than maybe like, oh, I heard like party Pur- like it's Pur- 1999. Purple Rain, or- even Purple Rain. I think that is finally now after his death, it got a real kind of resurrection oh it was huge. but otherwise for it the, was huge i was in the seventh grade oh, yeah. when it came out like but i huge. mean like if we're talking from like ninety five to like if we're talking like the two thousands. Like, Prince wasn't around. He was the guy who changed his name to a weird symbol, and he performed at the halftime show. And I think all of a sudden, after he died, it was just like, no, let's go through his... Let's go through his, 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 his music, and let's talk about how awesome this stuff is. And unless you were seeking this stuff out, I think, during those years, which was harder than usual without stream, with, with streaming being a little well, bit... Well, you had to be, you had to have a motivation. If you yeah. hadn't been a Prince fan, and then consequently followed prince so while he well, was working on but i get concerned about the streaming stuff that concerns me because i've you can't, this, if I, you can't beat him you have to join him yeah and yeah it does concern me too i think i think it's i don't know i definitely get how the more free music you give away the less money you're going to make and when the yeah. margins are that much is going to the record company and then the artist is only yeah. taking a piece I get that for sure. But it's not even just that. It's it's that streaming services give this idea of everything's on here and it's all at your fingertips when really it's a very limited selection. So, like Netflix, if you go through Netflix's like their their instant streaming, I don't know why I call it Netflix instant. No one's getting DVDs from Netflix anymore. Right. I can even know still. Well, but but like if you go there, they don't have pretty much anything beyond the year 1980. And even the stuff they do have, it's a very limited supply now, and it's going to get more and more limited as more unless studios. You, unless you subscribe to the DVD unless you subscribe to catalogs. DVDs, which then in that case so, you get you have full access. But yeah, rewind this. All back and as far as you know streaming goes and online accessibility and what have you the grateful dead has archive.org and uh to me that's the most valuable website that i go to on a regular basis because it has ten thousand grateful dead shows for free to anybody who wants to go on that website so ten that's ten, amazing ten thousand so i think you know what that has been able to give them as a as a group as musicians and what have you you know what I think uh, aside is accessibility to multiple generations. And I think that's the important piece is that, I mean, I wasn't alive when the Grateful Dead were, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I was, but I was nine years old or what have you. Yeah, it and doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who aren't born yet who are going to tur- get turned on to this stuff. And what that gives to us is just, it's unlimited, unlimited supply of what we want to listen to all the time. And yeah. you get into that and, and I don't know. I feel like I'm a student of archive.org. I, <laughs> I really am. I, yeah. I, I, I study that website meticulously, and uh, I want to know everything about the concerts that were going on, and I want to know that well, you know, and, and in 73, the first half, the wall of sound is only halfway built, and they, you know, they're like all, this, all this, you know, these technical difficulties and media issues that the band and the sound crew is going on. That translates itself into the headphones, and... Better or worse, that's one of the things that I love most about the music is that there's perfect versions of songs and then there's garbage versions of songs. <laughs> and you really get to hear 
like the journey that the musicians were taking, the journey that the song was taking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, archive.org, assuming they don't keep coming out with special Grateful Dead CDs, is going to turn people on yeah. that aren't even born yet. You kind of need the fan base for that, I would say. I would say the fan base encouraged something like archive.org because not every band, I think Grateful Dead is a very particular, one of the things that makes this fan, that fan base so special is that they do care about each individual show so much and that each individual one has its own thumbprint and fingerprint that the fans find really interesting. Whereas I think your general fan of a band or something like that, they will see a show and they will move on from that show and maybe they'll remember it down the line and they'll compare other shows a little bit, but they don't have the kind of interest to see like, okay, let's, let's track how this song developed over these, I mean, these tours. Let's put this like, I don't know. This is something that's been talked about before, but the dancing in the street from Cornell 77 will change you. It will change you. No other Grateful Dead, no other, I should say this, no other Dancing in the Streets will change you, but that one will. And I think that's the cool part that I love about the music is that every single ver- song is different than the last one. Every single version of song is different than the last version. And you find like nuggets, whether it's like a guitar riff or lyrics or how sloppy they were playing or how clean they were playing. There's different little nuggets about everything that makes it unique and there's 200 versions of this for everyone, and there's 200 people yeah. that have a different favorite. And, and there's very few bands nowadays, and the touring process doesn't allow for this because t- ticket prices, generally speaking, for tours are very expensive, and people don't want to see music being. People don't want to see music getting tried out in front of the, them the and jam, worked the out. The idea in front of, them. of a jam band, yeah, has gone. I yeah, in it's some ish, way, ish, ish. Yeah. ish. Well. You it's, know, but like things things have gotten really produced. And back to your point about, I mean, F- Fish is a modern version of that, right? Well, and, Dave right. Matthews is the modern. Well, I was going to say Dave, or, yeah, Dave but, Matthews band. Yeah, or like these guys, Dispatch, yeah, <laughs> gracious, more but, like Dispatch. Yeah, this. Though these bands, those three that we just named, I mean, and Grateful Dead at periods in their in their career, they're they're selling out. You know the Oracle Arena, and uh, you right. know they're going to the Bradley Center, and they're playing at Miller Park, and it just. I don't know. Something changes when it's on that level or the, on that stage. Literally, I think something changed about the music. And not to say it's bad or better or worse than any other version, but you know, something I like about the Gravel Dead and listening through their catalog is, you know, at times, you know, in the late '60s, they're playing at like dingy clubs, basements, right. you know, basements right. that have a sound and have a style and yeah. have a feel to the concert, and that relays itself through the headphones, mm-hmm. and then. You know, it's this, the brilliance of live music. Yeah, and kind of watching. That and, and and then you the, get to the other end of the spectrum, and, and they're playing the same stadiums of the bands we just talked about that have a different show and have a different sound. And I think that's one of the things for me is that I'll go through periods of my Grateful Dead fandom uh, where I'll say I don't want to listen to anything from the eighties. You know, I don't want to <laughs> listen to anything. I don't want to listen to anything that was in a stadium. So I'll go out of my way to to find the small clubs or to find the, you know, but then there's times where I'm saying, I want to listen to only the, only the stadium shows. And I want to hear those songs. And, and you know, that, well, that, and when you have such a broad catalog, that's the best part. I mean, you it, have lots of choices well, and there's, there's things like, you know, I'm not really liking this right now. And then, it, I mean, give me an example, late eighties, JFK stadium, Brett Midland, it's an incredible, and he does a blow away, which is a Grateful Dead song, and no, not much context, but he does a blow away, which is like 
back to like emotionally changing you after you hear it. They play that song a hundred times. You hear that one from 89 and you're like a different person on the other end. So that's the thing that I love is even though it was like 89, even though it was their fifth keyboardist, uh, probably their best one, but even though it was their fifth keyboardist, <laughs> it's going to say, yeah, I mean, but yeah, there's, there's pieces to that where it's like, it's incredible. It is incredible. And you hear nuggets like that and you go, oh my gosh, I have to rethink me trashing those stadium shows of the late eighties. And then it opens you up to this catalog and then you go, oh my God, this is actually incredible. And, uh, you know, that's been a lot of my fandom with that band for a long time is, you know, there's been periods of my life where I'm like 69 through 73 only. And then, <laughs> then there's periods of my life where I'm like, 75 is my favorite year, even though there's like four shows that year. But uh, And then there's periods in my life where it's like, you know, I don't like, everyone loves Cornell 77. I don't really like that. So I don't know. My opinion sways the wind, and I think Grateful Dead is the band for me with that in mind. Because, you know, what I love now, I won't like in three weeks. And what I hate, you know, what I hate now, I'll love in three weeks. So Yeah. We talked about how Grateful Dead almost ended up on the, the front on the top of your restaurant. There's stickers plastered all over the place, though. I have like... The wake of the flood crow in little sneaky places, <laughs> and uh, oh, there's all kinds of good stuff like nuggets everywhere. Does any of it get on the plate? Do you ever do like Grateful Dead inspired dishes? I wish. Or? I feel like that's all my cooking. I feel like there should be a dinner. Uh, yeah, there should the be Grateful a dinner. dinner? With, yeah, I with know. dishes inspired by you, songs. Well, or the, fu- albums the funny or... thing when it was Cherik who like, and I think he still does it, but he had a he had a run of uh, like music, talks, yeah, actually. a run of music dinners, and. Um, when he was doing that, I said, hey, dude, we got to do a Gravel Dead one, of course. And uh, I don't know. I think it has legs, too, to be honest. But I think, I don't know. I play the Gravel Dead every single day at the restaurant, every single day. Like, what would a Gravel Dead dinner be any different than eating at Birch and Butcher? Probably not that different <laughs> on a regular basis. I mean, maybe, like you said, Lori, the dish is called throwing stones or something like that. Or I don't know, but... I don't know. You come are to Birch you, and Butcher, you you're saying, gonna, Are you saying you couldn't conjure a song or an album on a plate in a different way than that, you? That's would, the. Like, that's what Birch and Butcher is. That's what Birch and Butcher that's is. What Butcher that's what Birch and Butcher is. Grateful Dead on a plate. That's what it is. That is what it is. I so to your oh, point, this did not come out. I I spent like three hours getting sunburnt on a patio talking with you about this restaurant. Yeah, and and we talked about hearth, well, that wood fire, yes. and you know, and that's true. Seeing that is that never is, once did the great well, that ever come up. I know, and that's to my point. Back to like almost naming the restaurant Althea. Like, how am I going to share that passion of mine? To, I, I yes, like. That's where this place comes from. That's where all this comes from. But if I'm sitting there and you're interviewing a new restaurant owner about right. a new restaurant opening up, and I said, I got so stoned one night and listened to 1970 <laughs> and uh, you know, listened to the other one, and then the vision came clear to me, you know, that doesn't necessarily bode well for me as a new restaurant owner. Like and it could attract yeah. you an interesting audience. That, I, that yeah, happens but, with a lot of articles I find, though, where, like, if, if a restaurateur or a bar owner says, like, some particular angle on the bar, and all of a sudden the article becomes about that, and this isn't a criticism like, of you, no, 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 but it just, like, explodes it. into yeah. that is the concept of the bar. I remember yes. two... I believe two in River West. I remember talking to them, and when it originally opened up, they were like, "Yeah, it's, it's like a it's like a couples bar," um, and that w- I don't think that was ever supposed to be like the complete and utter intent of it. But all of a sudden, like since that was kind of what they they like talked about yep. in the early interviews, all of a sudden, I was like, "This is a right. couples bar or Red Bar, for instance." What 
originally it was like this is a biker bar because they have uh, Harley Davidson up on the on the ceiling and the owners used to work at Harley Davidson. And then you talk to them and you're like, it was never really supposed to be a biker bar. It just we had a bike in it. But since we brought that up, everyone's just like bikers. So so the, all of a, yeah. Yes. So if you say like oh you know a Grateful Dead really inspired, all of a sudden everyone's like this is the Grateful Dead bar exactly. So and 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 yes, and this is supposed to be for. The restaurant is supposed to be for everybody. So I want to make sure that, I know, you can hate the Grateful Dead, I suppose, and you can come to eat with us. And uh, I suppose. That's, <laughs> that's what I really wanted to. I wanted to make sure that I, I, you know, I captured the energy of the but restaurant now, for everybody. if you like the Grateful Dead, you will enjoy it even more. Oh, my God. Like I told you. Yes, like, there's a, How many restaurants a are playing layer. Miles Davis as we speak? Maybe 300 plus over the world. How many restaurants are playing February 2, 1973? One. We're going to get angry emails from people being One. like, I don't understand this Miles Davis slander. I, there's nothing wrong with Miles Davis. <laughs> nothing wrong. I, tell, except, I like except Miles except Davis. Miles Davis is very... We share is, the is same the namesake. Of, He's yeah. the voice of all restaurants. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's like, there's nothing wrong. He's just a really good, bad example, Miles Davis, because <laughs> it is appeasing to everyone. He's appeasing to everyone. No one... No one gets offended when you put Miles Davis on, but sure as heck, people might get offended. I when, do have to laugh when you put that's not. Down. I wouldn't have brought up Miles Davis, but Miles Davis is a really good example. It's a really it's good a example. Good, it's, it's like yeah. it's who, nobody doesn't like Miles Davis, and uh, yeah, I don't know. There's absolutely nothing wrong with playing Miles Davis at a restaurant all the time. I'll be honest. I've spent the last five minutes looking at Grateful Dead songs and yeah. trying to think of pun yeah, dish names. So just, like friend of the devil's food cake. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a big pun <laughs> name anyway. I, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. If what would we do? What would we do? Slip I, garlic knot. Yeah, I like where you're going with that. I don't know. I feel like it just needs to be really loud, overwhelming, and intense. And uh, that's the encompasses the Grateful Dead right there. So I don't know if I pigeonhole myself with any names or anything like that, but. I don't know. We just try to encompass it even more. I don't know what you do at a dinner, a Grateful Dead dinner. I don't really know. You know, in a weird kind of, I don't, I own a restaurant and I love cooking. I don't necessarily take cooking too seriously uh, as a profession in the sense that, like, there's somebody out there giving brain surgery right now, you know, and somebody's life hangs in the balance of, of another person's job. So I'm not a brain surgeon and I'm not trying to save your life. Um, Actually, that's funny. Thomas Houck has almost exactly the same quote that he would use, and he's like, you know, this is this is not brain surgery. No, this is this is food. No, it's a subject. Like, it's a this sub- is supposed to be something people are enjoying. Yeah, you can like love like, a cheeseburger, and you can hate a cheeseburger, yes. and it doesn't make you any less of a person or anything no. like yeah, that. Yeah, you can love my cheeseburger, or hate my cheeseburger, and I, I, and, I, and I might be a little sad about it. Yeah. but you know, and that's how yeah. I feel about the Grateful Dead. I think so. That's why it ties in pretty well with me. And then back to your point about a Grateful Dead dinner and what it would entail. Uh, that's why I don't think it'd be anything different than what we do on a regular basis. Really loud, eclectic, Grateful Dead sets, and uh, hopefully good food. And you know that's kind of what we're doing. And if you don't like the music, I guess you just have to pretend like it's Miles Davis, and uh, <laughs> right. you know, like right. just pretend like it's in one ear and out the other. I sometimes wonder. You know, it's it's funny because there are the people who pay attention to the music in restaurants, and there are the people who don't. Yeah, and I have a tendency to notice 
what's playing in a restaurant. See, I don't. Because um, it's always Miles Davis. I why? It doesn't, it's all the same. It's I like, think, well, but I think, like, for me, too, I will notice it if it's not. That's if it's not the typical. It's like driving playlist. by a row of white houses and there's a red house. You're like, you don't notice all the houses are white until yeah. there's one And I'm sure some house. people would miss the red house, too. But um, Some. A, but I have a tendency. Yeah, I will notice if it's different or if there's no music. Our house is tie-dye. That's the idea. So That's the idea. Yeah, if there's no music. But, yeah, I tell you. You just live in a glass house. That guy, he, I mean, I get it. I do get it at least once a week. But when they, they come up and they say, is this 78? It's the best compliment. Oh, my God. That's I like retelling the story you feel like people understand you I, yeah exactly okay. i'm like this is what i was going for this is exactly what i wanted so yeah even though it's not named althea i'll take all this as a consolation prize absolutely i think we can call this one of the most interesting conversations we've had you guys we are Crush. literally just scratching the surface of this iceberg yeah uh yeah. we didn't even talk about the gravel dead and uh <laughs> that's, that's how this works yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but this is this has been outstanding yeah and this has been really fun chatting with you about about a passion outside because i think i think it's fun to get to know chefs outside of the kitchen and get to know the other stuff that makes them tick and this has been a really this has been a really interesting i hope people like this i hope our listeners really like this podcast because this is the kind of stuff that i really like doing yes before before we go if you're wrapping up it's a lot of mumble i would like to know like you we talk about life-changing songs Mm -hmm. what's my all-time favorite what is it i think it's gotta be i mean i would i would say it's february 2nd or february 3rd the other one 1973 i think that's it Mm. i mean back to my opinion changing every other week I think I'll have a different answer for you in a month, but that has been my answer for a while now. for a long time since before the restaurant was open. Can you can you pinpoint why? I think yeah, I think there is like I think there is. I'm just terrible with words. That's <laughs> why. It, that's it, why I cook it, for a living. Um, is it music? Is it lyrics? I think it- I think there is like an energy. I think there's like a kinetic energy that encompasses i mean obviously a lot of what the grateful dead is but encompasses like chaos and structure at the same time and it's a magical you're capturing two big things with one medium and it's, it gets magical at that point i like whether you're looking at a piece of art or you're looking at driving by sure. the white houses i think i think like there's a, the the chaotic structure it's not it's a i mean it's an oxymoron of a phrase but like the chaotic structure of that where at certain points the song is so deep you don't know if you're coming out of it like you don't coming are you going yeah exactly you don't know what is going on like is this music i don't know and then it just comes back and to me that's magical moment and extremely magical moment we could talk an hour about that song and and about the way it makes you feel and stuff and how I mean, if listening to music conjures up, you know, these strong emotions, I mean, there's times in that song where you're like, like, frightened might be an emotion or, you know, sad or angry. Like, those are all emotions that this song conjured for me. You know, there's no And depending on the day. Well, there's no lyrics. There's there's no lyrics in it either. So, like, that's the other part where it's like, you know, you're getting, sounds are conjuring physical emotions. And you go through, I think that song, okay. 
I think that song is very much a synonym or antonym. I don't know which one means the same. I think it's synonym. 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 Uh, it, it, it's a synonym for me for life in that, like, it's, you're like, I don't know. This is deep. I should have got stoned. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like, I don't know. You're like born and it's normal and nothing. And then you go through these trials and tribulations and there's parts of your life where you're, you know, just like the song, you're like, Oh my God, is this, and it changes. Am I going to come, am I going to come out of this? Like, you know, there's hard, you have hard times in life. You have good times in life. You have clear times in life. You have muddy times in life. And I think that song for me encompasses everything. I don't know. Is it weird to say, that song encompasses my entire life. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, <laughs> but you, but in the end, you come out the other side, and you're, I think, you're a little bit changed. I think that's the, every single. I think time. that every single time you're a little bit different. A good piece of music does it. Yeah. I think I, a good piece of art. Absolutely, a good meal. Huh? Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. right, and I think you're right, and I guess you're right. If I was in pa- as passionate as I was, you know, if I was pa- as passionate at looking at paintings as I was as looking at the Grateful Dead. I'm sure I could say that about some still life. So I, I'm sure I could say. Like, when I saw that Van Gogh, I was never the same. And I'm sure people who are into that sort of thing say that thing on a regular basis. The Grateful Dead just happens to be my medium, I think. Uh, yeah. My artistic and creative medium. And I don't know. I didn't create it. That's fine by me. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, like, I need to, you know. Did you, did you attract friends who also like the Grateful Dead? Because like, they're a little horde of Few and far that, between, you know. Okay. Yeah, most so, most so people like tur- personal, most people turn around and leave you. when you want to talk about. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the fact that you guys wanted to have this on a podcast to talk to the general public about the Grateful Dead was surprising enough to me. Because, like I said, most people when you bring this topic up have like somewhere to be or something well, like this, that. This podcast though is about the stories that don't get told. I, I feel in some ways. I mean, there you go. We'll take topics and like. So is, yeah, I, I might not write. You know, it might be more difficult to write an article about you and the Grateful Dead. Agreed. But we can sit here for and they can turn it off it. once they realize the direction this podcast is going. They can hit. <laughs> they can hit stop <laughs> and like no pause, no, no harm, forward. no foul. Right? Pause. Fast forward. Yeah. Rewind. Yeah. All of those things. Exactly. You know? No harm, no foul with that. You know. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. And I think, I don't know, there's, I could give you, I, I could tell you every reason in the world why it means a lot to me. Uh, I, every, every reason in the world, you know, from a song to people to emotions to time and place and, I mean, yeah. everything. Yeah. I can say from experience, Damn. like, this is probably, well, probably the most excited I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> Grateful Dead and baseball Close. cards. It's a sh- Close. it's a shame that this isn't a visual yeah. well, medium. I mean, it this is, is what, this is. I mean, truth is, I think you can hear it in his voice, though. I'm I can not, imagine. No, no. I mean, eyes. I'm not. You know, I. This is what I want to talk about. I'm here because this is yeah. what I want to talk about. <laughs> Normally, you know, a person like Lori would come to me and say. Oh, tell me about that cheeseburger or, or, or something like that. And like, yeah. that's my job. Be like, well, about, that's yeah. my job. That's the motion. Yeah. Yes. That, that's why I said, yep, it's made out of sirloin. And then, and yep. then Lori but would I be like, what are your feelings you. on Miles yeah. Davis? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but this is like, okay, you get to talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. And I did. I asked him, what do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, so let's do a podcast. And he, said, and he said, The Grateful Dead. And then we let it sit for a couple months. And I came back to him, I'm like, what do you want to talk yep. about? And he's like, The Grateful Dead. I'm like, you know what, Miles? <laughs> We're going to talk about The Grateful Dead. I mean, otherwise, it's like, yeah, and then I decided to put lettuce on it because I just really felt it needed lettuce. 
Like that is not exciting <laughs> to anybody. I guess either is the Grateful Dead. Hold on, tell me more about this lettuce choice. Well, that's exactly. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like, when did you decide to put lettuce on there? What were you thinking about? I hope to never ask you that. Question. I, I mean, but <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of the work we do. You probably, yeah. you know, you do that on a regular basis. I answer that on a regular basis. So, to to answer like why I put lettuce on it, like I don't know, I just did, Laurie. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like I put lettuce on it. Who cares? Don't need to philosophize or pick this apart. But I don't know. The Grateful Dead. We could talk all day long, right? We right. put lettuce on it because I wanted to, uh, and that's really the only answer. It's right? a texture thing, Miles. It's yeah, exactly. Right. But the Grateful Dead. Ooh, we go deep, you guys. Deep. And we didn't even talk about anything. That's the best part. So I, I feel like this is. I oh, feel like that's like be the a first part. This is that a ten-part series. Uh, we bring you back once every season so, just to, to talk more I mean, about Grateful Dead. Yeah, and let me just. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a fantasy out there for you guys. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. We're in this studio right now, and uh, I do want to say like, WRITKRS <laughs> coming to you live. Maybe we do. A Grateful Dead podcast, and I get to pretend like I'm a DJ, like or a VJ, right? That's what I want to do. I just want to be like, and live, 1978, the other one, and, the and then play the song, and then play the song. And are you going to want to like, um, what is it? Is it sci-fi theater? What is yeah, 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 mystery yes, science yes, theater? Yes, yes, mystery yes, science theater. Yes, thank you. Yes, where you yes, like and go yes, and, and stop. Yes. And now you heard that, so, right? Like you heard that part. Yep. Yeah. A little bit, you know. I don't know. At some point, you guys have to leave, and I do too. But. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, we could keep going, but uh, where am I going with this? I have no idea. It's the Grateful Dead. So part of me wants to do this this thing because when I was a young deadhead, obviously I know there wasn't the internet, so you didn't have archive.org, or there was the internet, but whether well, I don't know what the heck was going on in '98, I didn't know how to use a computer basically. Um, but you had this stuff that wasn't very accessible to people. But what you did have was like good old AM radio. And if you really, really worked hard, you could find these like random college websites that somehow turned it over to a deadhead fan like between yes. the hours of like 11 and midnight. And like, I can't tell you one the of these stations. The middle of the night was a beautiful time yes. for bizarre music. I mean, and- I there was a station that started and I remember they were playing album sides and you'd be like, Oh my God, they're playing into the dark right now. And you would call a friend and tell them that it was on or something like that. And yeah, that's a little bit of my fantasy. I want to be that guy in the dingy basement going and do the underground playing an Elvis side. And then, to your point, I'd like click stop. Did you guys just hear that part? I'm going to rewind it 30 seconds and we can take this in <laughs> you one need more to hear time. That part. Did there, it make you feel like this? Well, close your eyes. There's like, you know, back to, you know, the 73 version of the other one. There's like a. There's a little sample. I don't want to call it a sample because it's not uh, computers and sampling, but there's a little bit towards the, They play another song in the middle of the song towards the end. And I mean, I was on a mission to find out what that song was for three years. Now I know it's a Donovan song off some random Donovan album, but like that was a nugget for me. And I would like hear that. I would stop it and I go, I know that song. What is that song? I don't, what is that? And you know, now it's like the internet. So you got these forums and you say like, what is that part at the end of and somebody? Knows. And no, well, and then someone goes, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, you know, or like, what is that? And then, yeah. And it turned out for this instance, it was like this random eclectic Donovan song. And, uh, I don't know. That's like a nugget that everyone needs to know, I think. And, uh, I don't know. We could actually, nobody needs to know that, but at least us, <laughs> our Scrabble dead fans want to know, like, you know, we bid you farewell. Where did that come from? And right. stuff. And, that is my radio fantasy is to uh, 
hold a random hour where we can just sit here and talk about, like, we can talk about why we love the Grateful Dead on a podcast like this, but I want to be like, Deep cut. Deep. Like, like, did you hear surgical. that? Surgical. Yeah, like they didn't do it on Tuesday, but they did it on Wednesday. What were they thinking? Like, <laughs> those are the details to me that I notice when I listen to this music. And that's why I can listen to the exact same time, song 30 times, and every single time it's something new. Every single time I like something different about it. And, you know, the Grateful Dead as a whole, their catalog, it's the same way. Like I said, I'll, I'll not like something this month from the 80s. And then next month I'll be like, oh my God, I cannot get enough. So. I don't know. That's why I think it's just incredible and encompassing. And, uh, you know, it is my life mission to spread the word of the Grateful Dead. And I just happen to cook. Although I'm seeing parallels here because your, your excitement about the Grateful Dead and kind of the way you look at it and the level of detail that you are interested in it does parallel and, how you approach. And the specifically kitchen. the February of 73. And the eclectic, chaotic structure of the other ones, I feel like it's a pretty exciting way to live your life if you use that as a model. Like, you know, you know, chaos in a good way. And I don't know. I think Grateful Dead encompasses a lot of that. Yeah. And if you've, if you've listened all the way through this far, you now have a different vision. All three of, of you. Of Mr. Miles <laughs> Burgroff. Yeah. yeah. All three of you. Yeah. Well, we, we've got good listeners. I think, th- and yeah. like I said, I really like this conversation. So I think I, I'm I think not just saying that we no, need two I, hours next I'm time. I'm not either. I think we're probably already at two hours this time, but I think we're at a solid hour. I think we are. I will say, uh, I killed my 105. I says killed Gabe. my sparkling water. 105. Which I don't know what that says. Do we want to hop right away into apparently, the sparkling water second because we've already begun it? it? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I've I've uh. You did the cherry, Miles, I don't know if you know this, bubbly? but we do we do a sparkling water second because I gave up soda late last year. I gave up cigarettes. Late, hey, late, high fives. Late this year. Gosh, Good job. This is a trend among chefs Damn. right now. I know at least three who have given up cigarettes. It's chefs crazy. I don't know if you've nuts. heard this, but cigarettes, not that great for your health. Mm, really? Weird, weird thing that I've heard. I don't know if you knew this, Some but gossip. service industry personnel almost always smoke. That tracks. So that's yeah. I imagine it's like a high stress job, so you kind of like gotta gotta get. Well, that with really. a lot of weird moments when you don't have anything to do. Yeah, but I so this week I tried the cherry bubbly, right. cherry bubbly, um, and I must say I was ex- I actually picked this up expecting it was going to be gross because cherry can go wrong very easily and become like dimetap, like yes. robitussin. Uh, I really this like this. Doesn't do that. No, it tastes no. really good. It actually I drank the hell out a of this. Like I'm gonna give you guys a little nugget. If you ever, if you, so I love. Would you give up soda? Yeah, soda. Yeah. Oh. I want to start a soda company. Ah, like damn a, it. A, a side <laughs> fantasy of mine, too. And it's going to be called Sugary. I mean, here's the thing. Because uh, of the song. The song. Yeah. Exactly. So part of me is like, oh, do you want to name a soda sh- name after sugar? Because yes. then it's like going to turn parents away and shit. Or no. Crap. No, uh, you're fine. You're fine. But then, yeah. And then I'm like, well, Sugary, you know, let's name the Grateful Dead song. Know you know in. how, like, cool of a logo that would be? Like, yes. you know, like. You could have collectible bubble bottles. letters and like you know like and now you're, you oh. said this and you could have like fun now I'm gonna now I'm gonna search three months names. from now yeah I mean, that brand will be well out there. if it does just bring bring me a twelve pack that's all I ask like you can have the name you can have the idea you could do whatever you want just bring like, me a twelve you could have a caffeinated lemon lime green soda yep. called Morning Dew yeah oh, I mean yes. I'm sure Mountain Dew would probably send totally. you like a trademark you're, but you're right right Morning Dew great soda name right great Stella Blue Cherry or something like that you're killing it right right. 
right? Right. You're this killing is, it. I'm just gonna keep. There's so many. Options. Stella Blue Cherry. That sounds awesome. Right. I mean, Stella Blue, and it could be like just a blue flavor. Like, you could do Brown Eyed Woman, and it's like root beer. Yep. Or yeah. cola. Yep. Cumberland blueberry. Um, you guys. I've never even gone deep with this idea. I think we're onto something. I here. think we. I think we like got sugary, something. Like sugary, we just name it. We only need like three or four of them to begin oh, with. Man. Right? This is yeah. Dark Star could be a cola too. Oh my! I think Dark Star is the cola, but it's like just a Dark Star, and it's like a yeah. nighted yes. out can. Oh God! It's totally. Guys, I think there, we got something here. Okay, I stop do. talking live on the air now. Okay? <laughs> All right, shut yep. this idea off. We're gonna go off yeah. and, and sign up for yeah. our LLC. Yeah. And I'm gonna get more of this bubbly cherry bubbly. And we're putting sponsor. We're putting. It's actually it's actually buble. Buble. Yes, oh boy. As in Michael. Michael's going to have things to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I call him Michael Bubbly, so this is. So now you're pronouncing Bubbly as Boobly. No, I, I say Michael Bubbly. bubbly. So this must be a blue yeah. seen, Or you say Michelle Bublé, or you got to say <laughs> Michael Bubbly, one of the two. Michelle, Bu- you, Michelle yeah. Bublé sounds distinctly like a guy who figure skates for a Well, living. you can't have it both. You know, it's like you back to yeah. us cooking. You can't say, like, you know, for. We had to make a decision. We have tortellini and brodo on the menu right now. Yeah. And we had to make a decision. Do we call it tortellini in broth or do you call it tortellini and brodo? And brodo? So I think That's if, a you, commitment. If, right. you, if you use a, if you use another language, you got to stick to another language. If you use English, you got to stick to English. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Michael Bublé. Tortellini Michelle think Bublé. that it's English. I feel like for uh, really also soda. to revert back to our great new soda brand that we've come up with. Yep. I was thinking friend of the devil could be your energy drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That or could the, be your one off energy we, drink. That's the one we put weed in. Yes. Yep. Or yes. CBD yeah. oil or whatever. That'll come eh. soon enough. You guys can have the CBD. <laughs> But then well, you right could be now, right now, you friend can only of, do CBD. It could be well, friend of the CB I, devil. Soon. Yes, but soon. And I will say, all they're doing is pulling the CBD out of the THC. So if, if you happen to be in Illinois, you are consuming CBD when you consume THC. So You are. Yeah. So and there's well. a lot of extra THC hanging you, around somewhere. You <laughs> might as well have your cake and eat it too. This is true. You know what I mean? Like... You don't take a sip of the chaser after you take a sip of the booze. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whole nother conversation. Well, we've I talked said. about this. I feel like a grateful dad podcast. This is going to be the 20 part. Segways into getting high. Plus, we got more, plus we got more, more soda right. flavors to come up with. All right. So we're going to smoke this joint, and then we're going to come back to you guys with the second half of the podcast. <laughs> okay. Yes. And a brand new LLC for sugary. Yes. All right. And that takes us to a, a very special food porn segment. Uh, we are going to, once again, have a guest reader. Miles is going to read this one because it's not just normal uh, food pros this week that we will be reading in Essential Points. It's not food pros at all. It's not food pros at all. It is, you guessed it, Althea Hilarious. from The Grateful Dead. A My, portion. Yeah, Miles, please take it away. There are things you can replace, and there are others you cannot. The time has come to weigh those things. This space is getting hot. You know this space is getting hot. I told Althea, I'm a roaming sign, that I was born to be a bachelor. Althea told me, okay, that's fine. So now I'm trying to catch her. Can't talk to you without talking to me? We're guilty of the same old things. Guilty. Thinking a lot about less and less and forgetting the love we bring. We bring. That was good. See, that's poetry right there. 
poetry. Poetry. And now he's hanging up. And now he's hanging up his headphones until he starts his, his Grateful Dead podcast. Which, which is starting five go. minutes from now. Yes. Like I said, we're going to smoke the joint and come back. He's going, going home. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, as always, Miles. For Thank you so much for joining us this You guys, podcast. I'm grateful. Thank you for having me. Ah, he's grateful. Um, yeah. Lori, where, where can people find Birch and Butcher? Birch and Butcher. Where can people oh, find it? <laughs> I think birchbutcher.com. 459 right? East Pleasant. Birchbutcher.com. Birchandbutcher.com. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe someday we'll be on archive.org too. That's, the, that's the plan. There we go. Hey, speaking of something, off subject, there's a website called The Anointed. It has, it's put on by the University of Colorado, who, who is like, they archived this website. It has, gosh darn. It has every Gravel Dead song, the times it was played, the debut, and. You know, meaning to lyrics or inspiration from Robert Hunter, who wrote most of the songs. Uh, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. So that's like the the so Bible. That's yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly. Like the, where you're like, oh my God, Bible. what is that? And then you like plug it in there and say yeah. like debut. Because if you made it this far, you've geeked out on this. So, yeah, like so you're, you're already you. in the rabbit hole. My so keep here's, here's all the nuggets. Yep. Yeah, exactly. absolutely, exactly. absolutely. So, Lori, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at Low Frederick, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And where can people find Food Crush? At Food Crush. Or Dead Crush, as it was this Let's week. Let's see. Dead Crush. Well, you can find Dead Crush at Food Crush. Um, Food Crush MKE at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Outstanding. And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at A Man About Film. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We hope you enjoyed We're hoping to do more like these, including maybe some more Grateful Dead Talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Grateful Ted Talk. As what? always. Hey, there we ah. go. There we go. All right. Keep cooking.